Welcome to the CPA Success Podcast, helping you be more successful at work and in your life. We profile topics and speakers that are influential in your world. Here are your hosts, Jen Nicholson and Blair Cook. Welcome back to the CPA Success Podcast. I'm Jen Nicholson. And I'm Blair Cook. And today we have with us Lois Vine, who is the Director of Finance and Technology at the YWCA of Toronto. Lois has 30 years of experience working in finance and accounting in the not-for-profit sector. And in this podcast, we talk to Lois about ideas on how to embed financial literacy throughout the organization to promote effective conversations and decision-making. Let's listen in. Okay, with me today, we have Lois Fine. Welcome, Lois. Thank you. Hi. And today we're going to talk about creating a financially literate organization. And Lois is with the YWCA here in Toronto. What does creating a financially literate organization mean to you? What it means to me is that at the level of our management team, our director team, and our board of directors team, everybody's got their eyes on the numbers and everybody has been trained to do so. So when we have new board members arrive, for example, we'll spend some time sharing the reports that they're likely to see throughout the year and we'll take some time to ask them if they are comfortable reading this, if they know what to look for. We'll pinpoint with them what are the key things that they could expect to see in the year and what should they be looking out for? What are So for example, they should be maybe asking questions if they see a variance that is significant from the budget, if they uh, see a program that they've never seen before, if they notice something that they thought was in the budget, but it's not there any longer. Those are the kinds of things they should, and, and by the way, they won't ever see that because we tell our board that they can expect to see our budget throughout the year. In fact, we say the budget is the budget and you cannot budge it. So that budget stays all year long. But, you know, we, we encourage them to certainly ask questions and have a very engaged and dynamic process when they're handed a financial statement four times a year, uh, three times a year. And so after you've done this this training with the board, you you see a much better uh, conversation at the board level once they understand the numbers that they're being presented? Absolutely. And in fact, we also have a finance committee which will vet the reports first and they'll go into a much deeper dive. So these are folks who are, you know, have the financial background specifically to review our financial statements and they will dig into every number, ask the tough questions so that when the report finally does come to the board, the board is very confident that the finance committee has reviewed it very thoroughly. Just speaking about our management team, when a new manager is hired, she, it's usually she because we are a women's organization, so most of our management team are women. So they go through a, a, a very thorough orientation, and I am part of that orientation. So they'll meet with me for a half a day or a few hours in the day, and we'll review everything that they might have to deal with on a financial basis. You know, and I will take them through the process that's key to our organization, which is our budgeting and our quarterly review process, which is, I think a very, very good process which enables us to track our numbers on a quarterly basis and be able to make changes as we go, as we need to, as the times call for, whether it's good news or bad news that's facing us. And I can describe a little bit about that process if you like. Yeah, sure. Let's walk through that that process of how numbers get developed in coordination with your management team and then this this whole accountability action and how the, the financial literacy plays into 
uh, ultimately the effectiveness of the manager's ability to uh, run the business. Sure. So actually, our fiscal year, uh, unusually for a nonprofit and charity, is January to December. And so uh, with a, a December fiscal year end, we actually start our budgeting process in July. So in July, the manager will get a package and it's kind of like, welcome to budget 2018 uh, for the coming year. And it will include her payroll sheets. So anyone who's on her staff will be listed there with their pay projected out for the coming year. Also, any, you know, if we use a utility escalation or any kind of assumptions that we make in building the budget, it's all in there. So those templates are developed by the finance folks and rolled out to the operating folks. Exactly. Our team, our finance team, which I consider to be a service team in service to the work of the organization, will develop all of this. And then the managers sit down, roll up their sleeves and They'll talk to their, their teams, they'll talk to their staff, they'll talk to the participants, they'll figure out through research um, analysis using past year's numbers how they're going to build that budget, what's important. And sometimes it requires some consultation, a new initiative that's key might be coming up for us, and so they'll include that in their budget. And then that comes to the director team table in the fall. Do, do the managers have strong enough visibility kind of like a year, six months ahead of the year to come? Do they have enough visibility or is that one of the areas that's challenging for managers to look out, you know, 18 months away and try to predict what programs or what services they're offering, you know, up to a year and a half in advance? It is challenging, especially in some cases where there may be a new program, there may be some changes to programs, but we've been very fortunate that a lot of our programming has been quite consistent. So consistency plays a big role. And where where we don't know, we usually do err on the side of caution and we ask people to err on the side of caution. We won't imagine that we're going to be getting, you know, great big grants for something that we don't know for sure that we will. So we we tend to be cautious in our budgeting. Yeah. And so then the next stage, you, you go through this and you take roll it up to the director level mm-hmm. and then from there, ultimately, and presumably to the board. To the level. finance committee, then to the board. It's also interesting the process that we use to say when we cut off the budget. So we have a $30 million organization and, you know, often uh, we will present to the board a budget that, I mean, you can't get it down to zero. If you have a budget that's zero on $30 million, something's a plug. We don't plug anything. So what we do is we stop at a certain point and that's usually at a deficit of an acceptable amount that is really in the in the judgment of the CEO, whether that's a half a percent or 1% of the total budget. But the reason we stop is that if we continue to go for a surplus budget, you know, there's sort of that leeway either way of zero. So it could be, you know, you could have a year where you're a little bit ahead of zero, a little bit behind zero. We tend to stop a little bit behind zero because if we don't, then we're going to be cutting programs And we really try not to, in budget times, wherever possible, not cut to our programs. So our CEO will make the judgment, okay, that's it. We've rolled up two days of intense budget process and and working it through. And then that goes to the finance committee, it goes to the board. And I guess in terms of speaking to financial literacy, the thing that's the most exciting for me in my role is that three times a year, I will meet with the manager, with her director, to go through 
a detailed line-by-line look-through of her budget. And we call these, well, these are our quarterly projections. The goal of these projections is to have a report to the board, did we budget well? Were we correct? Or what's coming down the line that we never saw back in July or in the fall? You know, where are we now? So we will reforecast three times a year. We'll do a first quarter, second quarter, and third quarter projection. And we always, again, compare it to the budget because it doesn't budge. And we ask the managers to be accountable for every line. So if your revenue is down, why is that? Well, sometimes it might be down because a grant didn't come through, but sometimes, you know, we run uh, shelters for homeless youth. For example, I mean, we have four program areas, housing and shelter, employment and skills development, uh, girls and family programs, and advocacy. But let's say we're talking about shelters, you know, maybe it's a or warm summer nights and the youth at our shelter decide that it, they prefer to be outdoors in those days. Our occupancy levels are down. That's not recoverable. We can't go back in time and get those nights. And we're paid on a per diem for each night that, that we have people in the shelter. Actually, that is changing, I, I should say. But, you know, just using this as a, by way of example, we will be asking them you know, for an explanation, that's not recoverable, but let's say it's something where they can make it back up. We sell life skills guidebooks and the sales are down now, but they're going to, they're expected to come back in the fall when we have a lot of workshops that we're giving. So those are the kinds of things that they'll tell us in great detail about. And that rolls up into our quarterly projections to the board. And so by training the managers at the outset into, you know, the financials of the organization and giving them a base level of uh, financial literacy, they're able to understand the results, the variances they're seeing, and then you're suggesting they're taking action based on those. Yes, absolutely. We ask managers to look through their budgets if their revenue is down. Are there ways that they might be able to save money in other places? I mean, sometimes that's just not possible. You know, we actually budget quite thinly in general. You know, that's my job really is to roll it all up, take it back to our director team, our CEO, our finance committee, and see what the bottom line looks like. Sometimes it's a scary time. Often the first quarter can often be scary because we've made assumptions. Like you said, it's July and we're starting to build our budget with those assumptions. And now our first quarter comes out in May because by the time we stop the clock at March 31st, roll that all up and get to the board. It's usually around the first week of May. So that's a long time frame. A lot can change. And that's usually where we see the biggest discrepancy. But, you know, we've actually, by doing this real stop measurement, accountability and action plan in every quarter, it has served us really well to, first of all, make sure everyone's engaged with the numbers. And secondly, to be able to be a little bit fleet footed We have to make a sharp turn here because what we thought we were going to get is actually not coming. What are we going to do instead? I think that that served us quite well. So the financials are driving the conversations that are happening around your organizations, which in finance, I mean, that seems to be a uh, seems to be an ideal situation uh, where we're, we're letting the data numbers underpin the decision making that's going on. Exactly. And, you know, I spoke at the outset about our financial literacy sort of being in the hands of the management team, the directors and the board, but also want to give a plug to, first of all, there's the finance department, but also in almost every program, there's somebody who's called a business coordinator who actually is, again, in charge of, you know, preparing all the financial information for the manager. 
And so that person will also be in attendance at our quarterly meetings. And there is just a lot of engagement. And, you know, I've done a little bit of checking around the sector, either because of personal jobs or else just through colleagues. And I'm not sure that every organization has that level of financial engagement. They sometimes tend to leave it to the financial heads. You know, they're doing a good enough job. They want to get to the work of what they're doing. And we want everyone to get to the work of what we're doing. That work is the most important work, but we feel that actually being engaged with the finances enables that work in almost a more powerful way. Absolutely. I think it's, it's, it's all of us in finance looking to get finance out of kind of the back office moniker into a business partner. And it sounds like you've been very successful using financial literacy as perhaps the, the way in with the managers to become that business partner. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank very you. Insightful. It was great. Yeah, it's awesome to talk to you both. Okay, bye now. Great. Thank you for listening to the CPA Success Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada. Visit www.cpacanada forward slash podcast 